We spoke about Yaakov Avinu running away from Lavan and then making a treaty with him. In this parak, we're going to speak about Yaakov Avinu's encounter with Esau as he's running away. So the matter starts like this. The matter starts like this. Pasuk in Amois is talking about, a, it's sort of criticizing a person who is uh, he's not necessarily a tzaddik, he's like a rasha, and he's waiting for the Yemais HaMashiach. He's a rasha who's waiting for Yemais HaMashiach because of all the tzaras that he's living through now, and he's like, oh, when Mashiach comes in, everything is going to be better, right? So Amos is sort of telling him that, no, like, Yemais HaMashiach, if you're not a tzaddik, it's not going to be so much better for you. So he, the, uh, the Novi Amos compares it to the following. Just like a person who's running away from a lion, and then he's running away from a lion, and who does he meet in the street? A big bear, right? So, so, so too. And then the next line is actually going to be the beginning of the of the next part, and then and then finally he runs away and he gets to his house and he goes next to the, the uh, next to the wall of his house, and what happens? A snake comes and bites him. Right? So he's like running away from a lion, he beats, uh, bumps into a, a, a bear, and then he, finally he gets home, and he gets bitten by a, by a snake. It's like he's running away from all these tsars, and the tsars end up catching up to him. So the manager is going to say that this is a remez, a drush to Yaakov Avinu. Hari Zelavan. The lion that Yaakov Avinu is running away from is a reference to Lavan. Because Lovan chased after Yaakov Avinu to grab his soul. Or Litreif is Nafshe, to, to, what's it called? I guess Litreif, to tear his soul. But, so Yaakov Avinu is running away from the lion, and who does he meet? The, the, the bear. What's the bear? Hadaiv, the bear, is Achiv. It's his brother, Zeh Esav, that's, that's his brother Esav. I, I I would assume because you know Esau was very hairy and a bear is like very hairy. I don't know. Because like, Esau was standing on the road. Shakul Bolo Hamis Banim. Esau was standing on the on the on the on the on the road like a bear who is Shakul. Well, yeah. No, so, so the the MS is that if you look in the the, the, the regular Rishenim on on Pasuk and Amma, it's like maybe I think it was the Radak or Rashi, Ibn Ezra, something like that. So they all learn that like you know Ari is is Bavel and Dov is Paras, like usual imagery that we use in, in, in Tanakh. But for some reason the the Medrash over here is learning it's going on Lavan and Asa, which is sort of somewhat the opposite. So, so we say that the the Esau was standing on the road like a doiv shakul. What's a doiv shakul? A, a a bear who's shakul. What does shakul mean? So if you look in the Jastro dictionary, it says shakul means bereft of his whelps. I don't know what that means, but I think that what it means is like this. Shakul comes like from a lotion of uh, or uh, shakel means someone who doesn't have children. Right? So the the what I understand is like a, a a bear that doesn't have children, that their children ran away or disappeared or whatever. So the bear is like very angry and upset. So it's it's going out, it's gonna go kill somebody. 
So Asa was like, it was like in that state. It was like an angry man. He's gonna go and wants to go kill Amalabanim Yaakov Avinu's wives with their children. And he wants to go and kill the whole the whole nation. It's an interesting zach that in Sefer Yosher it's brought down that when when Yaakovinu ran away from Lavan and whatever they made the deal with Lavan, so then afterwards Lavan went behind Yaakovinu's back and sent a message to Esav and told Esav, you should know that Yaakov Avinu is you know is on his way back to Eretz Yisrael, right? And that's what the pasuk says that Esav, your brother is coming to greet you with four hundred men. How did Esav know that Yaakov Avinu is coming to Eretz Yisrael? So the Medrash, the Sefer Yasha is saying that Lavan sent a message to tell him that, 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 that Yaakov Avinu is coming. Because Lavan knew that Esau wanted to kill him. So he wanted, he, he, Lavan's like, look, I, I can't kill him. So I get Esau to kill him. And Chaim Tanevsky, in the time of the Quran, in Parshish Kisavai, he writes that that's what the Pasuk means, Arami Oived Avi. Where do we see that, that Lavan really tried to kill Bnei Yisrael? Right? We, we see that he caught up to him, he gave him Yaakov in a whole speech, and they made a peace treaty. So where do you see that he tried to destroy him? He says, no, Yaakov, uh, Rami Avinov is referring to the fact that Lovan sent a message to Esau, to tell Esau to come, Yaakov is on his way, so you should go, go ahead and go kill Yaakov. What? Says the Medrash. Another achiluk between Lovan and Esau. Want to close the door? I don't know. I don't smell it there. Maybe if you sit over there. Achilic between Lovan and Esau. Bahari, the lion, Yeshle Baishis Panim. A lion has embarrassment. A lion has sort of Baishis Panim. It could be embarrassed. It's not, it's not going to do like, go all out and, and, and uh, bleed without any Baishis. Vadaiv, ain't like Baishis Panim. But a, 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 a bear doesn't have Baishis Panim. It'll go and do whatever it wants to do. It's not, it won't be embarrassed of anyone. It goes and it, it has a lot of guts. So the, so the Medrash is saying that Lavan has Baishis Panim and Esav doesn't have Baishis Panim. So what does that mean? So the Baishis Panim explains that what it means is that Lavan, when he, when he met up with, uh, with Yaakov, you know, so he said to him, you know, Hashem appeared to me the night before in a dream, and he said that I shouldn't bother you, so I don't want to bother you, let's just make a peace treaty. That's how Lavan reacted. But Esau, Esau is not scared of Hashem. If Hashem would, even if Hashem would come and tell Esau, don't mess with Yaakov, you know, Esau would still say, I don't care, I want to do what I want to do, I want to kill him, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing could stop me. That's what the Baisa Gadol says. The Rebbe Izmir, in Vloyoid Ele, as well as the Radal, more or less says this in chat, says a different chat. This is an interesting idea. Rebbe Mezmer says that the, the greatest chutzpah that a person can, the greatest chutzpah in the world that a person can have is if he goes over to a stranger and starts arguing with a stranger and threatening some random person on the street, some random stranger starts arguing with him, threatening him, and that, that's like the most chutzpah that a person could do. Yeah? That's what he says. What? No. Not here. <laughs> and so, so he says like this. Lavan, what did Lavan want to do? He says Lavan wanted to go kill Yaakov. Right? Why? Because he knows Yaakov. He got in a fight with Yaakov. And he wants to go. He, he wanted to go kill him or destroy him, whatever. He wasn't necessarily successful. But, and then he changed his mind. But that, that wasn't what he was initially wanted to do. Right? Yaakov, okay, that's Lavan. Esau, 
Esau didn't just want to kill Yaakov. We said the Medrash says, Bolo Hamis He wanted to kill the mothers and the kids. He wanted to kill Yaakov and his whole family. He wanted to kill them all out. Now tell me, does the Esau know Yaakov and his family? He doesn't know them. He never met them before. They're just coming. They were just born in the last few years in in Aram Naraim, and now he decided I want to go kill everyone. It's much greater chutzpah than what Lovin was trying to do. Lovin just wanted to kill one guy because he got a fight. What? So what does it mean that love and bikish lakar is sakol? It could mean that that originally, okay, whatever. You have, you have to know what it, what it means. Love and bikish lakar is sakol. It could be he just means that he wanted to mess over Yaakov Avinu and make it that nothing will come out. Not that once they were already born, he wants to go out and kill them. They say such a pshat that Yaakov that love and he made a whole cheshbin that how, how he's going to destroy Kal Yisrael. By giving Leah before, um, what's it called? By, what is this cheshbin? That if he would give Leah before Rachel, so then, if he gave, so if he gave Leah before Rachel, so he realized that, y- that Yosef won't be the Bukhar, and then, I forget what his cheshbin was. That uh, he he they they describe to a different chashvinus that that he would he, he was the one who was thinking that Bnei Yisrael should go would be able to go down to Mitzrayim and they get lost in Mitzrayim that was his chashvin that was his chashvin I think that he he knew that if he gave Leah before Rachel so then Yosef won't be a bechor and then even even though Yaakov loves Rachel so his child with Rachel won't be a bechor. And Mimela, what will happen is that the other brothers will be jealous of the fact that Yaakovina likes that kid and will cause jealousy and maybe it will somehow make it that once they have jealousy then you have a, a period in Kali Yisrael and you can't, you can't continue growing. I don't know if he knew exactly that they're going to go to Mitzrayim or Stone to Mitzrayim, whatever, but the point is that he, knew, he, he thought that they, it, can't go, it can't go further if he would create some sort of, some sort of machoikas over there. But I, don't, but I don't know if Bikesh Lakar necessarily means that he wanted to go out and literally go and kill him. But Esau, we say that literally wanted to go and kill him. We also find, granted the Radal sort of asks this question, because the Radal says that, that Lovan said to, to, to Yaakov, you know, he said, Yesha el yadi ra. I have the power to do bad to you. Imochem, Loshan Rabim, to do to you, meaning not just to you, Yaakov, but to you, your whole family. Right, so that implies that he, he that Lovin wanted Mamish Lakar as a like you said. And the Radal says that no, it could be that, that what Lovin meant was that really I just want to kill Yaakov. But if you guys are going to try to stop me, so I'll kill you so that you'll get out of my way and then I can kill Yaakov. So that's, that's what the Radal more or less says. But Omar, Yaakov. So when Yaakov Avinu found out that Esav is coming to, to greet him, to kill his family, Omar Yaakov, Yaakov got up, and he prayed in front of Hashem, Omar, and he said, Master of the universe, didn't you tell me this? Didn't you, did you not tell me? So? Didn't you tell me these words? Quote unquote, return to the land of your forefathers and to the place where you're born, and I will be with you. So he said, You're going to be with me. So Hashem, you, 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 should, you, you have to protect me. Uh, behold, my brother Esav is now coming to kill me, and he's not scared of you. And I'm scared of him. So what am I supposed to do? Hashem, Hashem please help me. So you see from the Lashon of the Medrash that. 
Yaakov is scared of Esav because Esav doesn't have Yerushalayim. Esav is not scared of you, therefore I'm scared of him. That's what, that's what Yaakov just said. So says the Merish, Mikan Amru, from here the, the Chazals tell us, don't be scared of a man who's a shaiter, a policeman, let's say, not necessarily a person of authority. A person who has authority. Don't be scared of a person who has authority. That person can't necessarily affect you. As the Rebbe Israel says, because we say, the hearts of the kings or people in positions of power are in the hands of Hashem. So whatever Hashem wants, it's just going to filter through through that guy, and you know, there's nothing for you to be worried about. What should you be scared of? A person who doesn't have your Shemaim. Because a person who doesn't have your Shemaim is not going to be a proper tool for bringing out what Hashem wants in the world. And of course, we know that people have their own Bechir. If a person's Bechir chooses, he wants to be a bad person, and he doesn't have your Shemaim, that's what you should be scared of. And Esau stood there on the road like this crazed bear to go kill the, the mother and the children. So what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do to help Yaakov Avinu out? Now this is a very funny line over here. What did Hashem do to help Yaakov Avinu out? What did he do? Hashem sent an angel to save Yaakov Avinu. And to redeem him, or to save him, to save him from the hands of Esau. And that Malach, that angel, appeared to Yaakov like a person. As it says in the Pasuk, right? the Pasuk says, Yaakov remained alone. And a man fought with him until, the, until daybreak. So this man that followed Yaakov Inu, that's this Malach that Hashem sent to save Yaakov Inu. Do you have any questions over here? No? What? What, is, what, what? what happened over here? Hashem sent a Malach to save Yaakov Inu, And we're bringing a Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says that Yaakov Inu is fighting with some man. And we know that Ish, Chazal tells that Ish usually refers to a Malach. Right? So... He's fighting with him. I thought Hashem sent this Malach for Yaakovino to be to save Yaakovino. And why is Yaakovino fighting with the Malach? How's that? How's the Malach saving him? He just got. He was wrestling with him. Where do you see that ya- the, the Malach came to save Yaakovino? Yeah. So. First of all, we have to know who this Malach was exactly. Famously, Chazal tell us in some places that the Malach was our good friend Sammy. Right? The Malach of the Sorry Shel Esav, whose name is Samol or Sammy. Right? So that's what Chazal tells us in some places. The Radal brings in Bereshit's Rabbah, it says that there's a Machlekes, if it was Michoel or Gavriel, which sounds like this was a Malach of Rachamim. Right? And that's what we're saying over here, that this Malach was, came to save Yaakov, you know. So if it's a Malach of Rachamim, it's coming to save Yaakov, so why is he fighting with it? Okay, so it would seem that, I don't know, it would seem that maybe there's, a, there's, there's some sort of, there's a different Akud over here. Rav Chaim Falachi in, in Parachat says like this, he, he, first of all he asks this question, he says, what do you mean, if he came to save him, why is he fighting with him? And he says, and first of all, 
How come Rabbi Leon Mi'izmer didn't ask this question? <laughs> That's Rabbi Chaim Falaji says. I don't understand why he Rabbi Leon Mi'izmer, I don't know why he doesn't ask this question. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought that was very funny. So he, so Rabbi Chaim Falaji says like this. You have to say that Hashem sent this Malach because ultimately, when Yaakovinu is going to fight with this Malach, we're going to see later on that the Malach is going to give Yaakovinu a special bracha. And the Malach is going to say that, you know, give Yaakovinu a special name, Yisrael. And this is the Malach that, that, that came, that, that's giving him these brachas and whatever. Right? So, the, the point of the Malach is to give Yaakovinu these extra kaychas so that he'll be able to defeat Esau. He has a, another bracha, he has a special name, now he could defeat Esau. That's what the Malach came for. That's the Chachamim. The Chachamim is to fight the Malach. There's a through this, this this fighting is going to achieve salvation. Right. It's going to be saved. What, what's saved? It's going to be turned into a different person. Right. Okay. Another Nukuda that Rav Chaim Falachi says, and this only works if you understand that the Malach that we're talking about was the Sarishal Esav, the ministering angel of Esav. So Rav Chaim Falachi says that Hashem sent this Esav to this Malach to go fight with Yaakov Avinu, and if Yaakov Yaakov Avinu can e- probably easily defeat him. Or, or at least weaken him, and when you weaken the angel of a nation, then you're also weakening the nation itself. So when Yaakov you know, would, def- would, if he defeats the Malach of Esav, or hurts the Malach of Esav, or somehow you know, weakens it, so then if Yaakov, when Yaakov you know, encounters the physical Esav, and the physical nation of Esav, they're already weakened. That's true. But 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 it was the physical Yaakov that got hurt, not the spiritual Yaakov. Yaakov, he, okay, fine. So he he got he hurt, he hurt his foot or whatever his sinew, but that doesn't affect the whole Kali, so that just affected sort of Yaakov in his foot. But if you affect the Malach, then you're affecting the whole nation under whose influence that Malach is. We spoke about the idea of the that. We spoke about I don't remember which parak it was. Parak something. We sp- by, by, by Torah Palaga, we spoke about it, that it says in the Medrash, in Perkut Ablevs, it says, Bahanchel Elyon Goyim Bahafridoib, oh wow, Mom is looking at it right here. It's on pay, on, in Perkhov Dalit. Bahanchel Elyon Goyim Bahafridoib in Ayodim, Yatim Kuvul Isamim, Lispar Bene Yisrael. And when Hashem was dividing up the nations, Bahanchel Elyon, the high one, was dividing up Goyim, the nations, Bahafridoib Bene Adam, when he was separating the people, he set up the borders of the nations like the number of the children of Yisrael what's that number? 70 because you know that Yaakov with 70 souls they came down to Yisrael so the 70 people so that's the that's what Chaim Falaji's word so that's what, the, that's what this Malach is coming to do it's coming to help us weaken Esau and it's coming to help Yaakov defeat him Get these brachas. V'kemen shalom with a shachar. Okay, so Yaakovin is fighting with this malach the whole night. V'kemen shalom with a amud a shachar. Once daybreak came, Omer loy hamalach shalcheni. So the angel said to Yaakovin, "Send me away." She yigia es amidosti l'shores l'zamin l'fnei kadosh baruch because it has my time to stand and to serve and to sing in front of Hashem has arrived, and I have to go up back to Shemayim and sing in front of Hashem. V'loyrot to Yaakov v'shalchay. Yaakovin did not want to send him. So what did the angel do? The angel began to sing and to 
What's the difference between the Shira and Zimra? You have to know. I think Shira means like with words and Zimra means with a, with a niggin, something like that. I think I once saw from uh, Shimshin Pink is that like Zimra is like the highest form of, of singing or something because it, like, it, it's beyond words, it's just the niggin, something like that. When the aliyanim, the the, up, the entities in the upper realms, heard as Kola Malach the voice of this angel, which was singing and being mizamer from the land, from the Eretz, even though it's not, it's supposed to do it from Shemaim, but it was instead of doing it or going back to Shemaim and singing in front of Hashem, it was just singing in front of Hashem down here at the land. Amru, so that it was like it was a little bit out of place. Amru, right? they said, why is this Malach singing over here in the land instead of singing in Shemayim? Because of the covet of the tzaddik, we hear the voice of the Malach from the land. Meaning, because Hashem wanted to show everyone in the, to show all the entity, all the malachim and everyone in Shemayim that Yaakov Avinu is such a big tzaddik and he's somebody that it's worth giving cover to so Hashem made this whole this whole thing happen that the malach would be would end up defeated when it was fighting Yaakov and it would be stuck on the ground and it would have to give shira on the ground and everyone's going to know that it's giving shira on the ground instead of giving shira in the, in the Shemayim to show that, the, that this is the cover of Yaakov Avinu that Hashem did all of this for the cover of Yaakov Avinu that's what the Bible of Godel says about this, the, the, the Pasuk says, from the wing of the land. We heard Zemirais, we heard the singing. Tzvi is a lashon of Ratzon. According to their Ratzon, according to their will. Tzvi this was the will of the Tzadik, etc. Because it was the tzaddik that, that held back the malach from going to Shemaim, so it was miknafarat zmira Shemaim. It was only from the land that they heard the zmiras. Fine. So again, the malach said again, send me away, send me out, let me free, the second time. Yaakov said to him, I'm not going to send you free until you give me a bracha. Shinamar, as it says in the Postlet, I will not send you unless you give me a blessing. And the angel gave Yaakov a blessing. And he blessed him there. The Malach gave Yaakov a blessing. Now a third time, the Malach said to him again, Send me away. Omar Loi, Yaakov said to him, Yaakov said to the Malach, I'm not going to send you out until you tell me what's your name. Oh, do you remember what, what the Malach's reaction to this was? Malach's reaction in the Pasuk is, he said back to Yaakov, Why are you asking my name? What does it mean, why are you asking my name? Okay, so let's see what the Medrash says. So the Medrash says, V'kara Shema Yisrael Yisrael. The angel called Yaakov Avinu Yisrael like its own name because that angel was called Yisrael. That's what the Medrash says. So the angel tells Yaakov Avinu that your name is no longer Yaakov, your name is not going to be Yisrael. And you ask me, what's my name? Why are you asking my name? So what, what happened over here? So the Medrash is explaining to us that the name of the Malach was Yisrael. 
Okay, so how does that answer the question? What's your name? Uh, why are you asking me what's my name? And, and the Medrash is sort of answering, oh, by the way, you should know that his name happens to be the same name as Yaakov. So the Marzu explains that the, the Malach's answer was, why are you asking me what's my name? Well, I have the same name as you. It's, it's Pasha. You know what my name is. We have the same name, you and me. The Malach had the same name as Yaakov. You know. his, his, the Malach's name was Yisrael. So he's saying, why are you asking me what my name is? You know what my name is. It's the same name as you. That's one Nakuda. The other Nakuda is like this. The Radal, the, the Radal, the Radal sort of speaks this out. One of the other Mepharshim, I think, also says this. But the Radal speaks this out. We know the, the Chazal tell us that every Malach is called by the name of its duty. What this Malach is supposed to do, what, what it's supposed to accomplish, that's what gives it its name. Right? So, what was this Malach's role? This Malach's role, as we said earlier, was to come and give Yaakov, you know, bracha, to come and tell Yaakov that his name is Yisrael, etc. So that was this, this Malach's role. So, so his, his role was to give Yaakov the name Yisrael. So what are we going to call him? His name is also Yisrael, because that's what his role is. Right? Like Michal is, Michal is the Malach of Bnei Yisrael. Why is Michal the Malach of Bnei Yisrael? Because Michal is Mika Amcha Yisrael. That's what Michal means. Michal means Mika Amcha Yisrael. Who is like Bnei Yisrael? So that Michal is the representation of, of Kal Yisrael. Gavriel is the... Is the, is the, the what? Who's like Hashem? Okay. Gavriel is the lesson of Gvura. That's the Shem of the other. Hashem. So Hashem, they all want to do that. You know, that's right. The other people have different ways. I know. I don't know. I'm trying to give both explanations. Put them together. Yeah, and Gavriel is lashon of Gavura because that's the role of Gavriel to like do, to to bring dinim down into the world of Gavura. Gavriel is the malach of Aish, which Aish is something that destroys. That's what Gavura is. It sort of takes away. So all every malach has it has it, the name of the malach is what it what it does. It, 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 the name represents what it what it does. It represents its own essence. The the Radal brings another. The Radal doesn't mention these examples. Michal Gavriel. That was my my addition. The, the the Radal brings a different example from this week's Haftarah. This week's Haftarah we're going to read tomorrow on Shabbos. We're going to read in Sefer Shoftim where it talks about Shimshon. Where it actually doesn't talk about Shimshon. It talks about the story of Manoach, Shimshon's father. Right? When Shimshon was a Nazar and the, and the Malach came and appeared to his wife and told his wife that you're going to have a baby and you should make this baby a Nazar. Right. And then, you know, and then the, 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 she, the husband didn't believe her, and then they spoke to the Malach again, and then Manoach asks the Malach, what's your name? Right? So the Malach says, what this, you know what he says? The Malach says, Lama zetishalishmi vuhu peli. Why are you asking my name? It is wondrous. Or Pella is like, it's something that's like amazing. It, it's something beyond you. So why are you asking me your name? Why are you asking me what my name is? It's something that's beyond you, right? That's Pashup Shah and the Pasuk. Chazal tell us in Bamidbar Rabbah that what that means is, Why are you asking me my name? It's Peli. That's my name. My name is Peli. Okay, so how does that name fit into what he does? I'll tell you how it fits in because 
the lush of the Pasuk when by Nazir in the Sif Parsha. What's the Lashem? Torah says. Isha Isha ki yafli lindar nadar nazir lahazir lahashem. What's yafli? Lashem of hafla. Hafla, the Rambam Hilchas Nazirus is in which Sefer of the Rambam? It's in Sefer hafla. Hafla has to do with verbal expressions. And so nadarim, shvuas, and nazirus is all. It's all. It's all the same thing, right? Hafla. So, so what's my name? My name is Peli because Peli has to do with the lashon hafla. I'm, I'm bringing out nazirus. That's what the Radha says. So, uh, the the, the lashon of the, the name of a malach has to do with what it, what is role. The, the, the Radha brings something very interesting over here from B'shem the Rekech. The Rekech has a sefer, a Kabbalah sefer called Soidi Razi. I tried to look for it yesterday, but I couldn't find this in the Rekech. But he writes. The Rekech writes that, or at least apparently writes, that the name of the Malach of Shabbos is Yisrael. I don't know what that means. But the name the, apparently the, the Yerim HaShabbos has a special Malach, and the name of that Malach is Yisrael. I don't know what the significance of that is exactly, but... Okay. Rotsa Yaakov lehizgaber im hamalach. Yaakovin wanted to overpower the angel. Vihipiler laaretz, and he knocked the angel down to the ground. Measa hamalach. What did the angel do? Achas begida nasha shal kap hayarech. It grabbed the what do they call it? The sciatic nerve on the kaf hayarech, which is on the uh, kaf hayarech, which is n- n- next to like the the what's it called? The the thigh, on top of the the calf of the thigh. It's a calf is a like the the circle over there of the thigh. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's somewhere like probably over here or something. Well, I think it's outside. It's what on the outside? Well, I think so. Okay, it could be. Shaloi Vinasa Hames, and he sort of uprooted Yaakovina's Gidanasha, and because of that, Yaakovina's Gidanasha became like the chelav of a dead animal. Meaning it became usher, you're not allowed to get Hana from the Gidanasha. Interestingly, the Radal says that, oh, it says Chelev Hames instead of Basar Hames. It should have said Basar Hames, not Chelev Hames. Because why does it say Chelev Hames? Because there's Allah and Mestachas Chulin that technically only the Gid, the sinew itself, is usher. But we have a, the Gemara calls it. Uh, I think the Gemara calls it uh, the Gemara says Yisrael Kedoshim Heim. I think the Gemara says Yisrael Kedoshim Heim. They're holy, and they also don't eat what's called Shimnoi Shel Gid. The certain fats that are attached to the Gid or Nasha, they have more or less the same halachic status as the Gid or Nasha itself, except for the fact that by Gidim we say Ein Begidim Benayin Tam, and by, by the Shuman Gid we, we there is Tam of the Shuman Gid, and so the Shuman Gid is gonna get, it could answer other things or whatever. But that's more or less the the idea that Shuman Gid is also going to be also like the Gid itself. Not as a Daraisa per se, but it's like the Shrol Kadeshim. Interestingly, I found that there's a sefer called Medrash Rabbi David Hanagid, which is written by Rabbi David, the grandson of the Rambam, in Parshas Vayishlach, when he brings down this Medrash, Pekid Abeliezer, so he actually says, he brings the, the Gersa that he has is Kebosar Hames, not Kechelev Hames. 
So if you say like that, so then like the the, the, the Radal says that our medrash is being meramis to the isra of shuman and Gid. but because it doesn't say basar it says chel of But if you have that gear, so then it's not there's you lost the remes. Says the medrash. Therefore, it's usher for Jews to eat from the ginanasha, which is on the on top of the, the circle by the thigh. Shneira says in the pasuk, "Alkin lo yichlu bnei Yisrael as ginanasha asher kafarech." Therefore, bnei Yisrael don't eat the ginanasha, which is on the on the circle of the thigh. When exactly this Easter took started came into effect? Did it come into effect by Matan Torah? Did it come into effect after this story? That's a whole nidoin that I don't want to get into, but the Radal wants to say that because it says Asur, it's mashma that it, it only became Asur later on, not that it became Asur right away. I don't know where he sees that mashma from, but okay, that's the Radal. Stam, an interesting idea, and we sort of mentioned this in the previous parak. The Yalkut Shemayni brings down in the name of Medrash Avkir. Yaakov Shemini says that this Malachah was fighting with Yaakov and it goes with the, with the, uh, with the Mahalach that the Malach that was fighting Yaakov was Michal. And it says that Michal, you know, he fought Yaakov and he hit him in the Gidonasha and he, he hurt Yaakov So then Hashem says to Michal, Hashem says to him, You hurt, what, how did you hurt my Kayin? You hurt my Kayin. I mean, Yaakov is called a Kayin, like we, we spoke about in the previous parak. Yaakov is called a Kayin. And Hashem says to the Malach, How could you hurt my Kayin? And then the Malach Michal says, What do you mean? I thought it was your Kayin. Because the, the desire and other sources say that Malach Michal is the Kayin Gadol in the, in the Pesamidash Lamala. They also said that Michal and Ma, the Malach Memtes, Matat, is, this, is, is the same Malach with different names. But the point is that he's the Kayin Gadol in the Pesamidash Lamala. Right? So, so, the, so Hashem says, "I'm going to give you an oynish that now you have to, you become a malach that's mshubet to bnei Yisrael. You try to destroy my kain, so now you have to become a kain to, to bnei Yisrael, sort of. You have to serve Kali Yisrael, and that's why the malach Michal serves bnei Yisrael. And we said before that all every nation has its own malach, right? Except bnei Yisrael, ki chelak Hashem ama Yaakov chavel nachlasay." But by, by, by Kali Yisrael, we, we go directly with Hashem. We don't have our own Malach. Ah, we have Michal. So the, the Rishonim say that Michal, the relationship between Kali Yisrael and Michal is different than the relationship between any other nation and its angel. Because the, the relationship between Kali Yisrael and Michal, the relationship between Kali, any nation and its angel is that sort of Hashem gives the Hashpah to that nation through the angel. The relationship to Kali Yisrael and, and, and Michal is different. Hashem gives Hashpah directly to Kali Yisrael. What does Michal do? Michal is sort of there as in the opposite way. When Kali Yisrael wants to sort of communicate with Hashem or needs, needs someone to bring Rizchuyas in front of Hashem, so then Michal takes on that job and defends Kali Yisrael. He's our defender. But, but the one who ultimately you know, gives and takes from Kali Yisrael is Hashem. What's up? Says the marriage. Let's go right there. What's up? Yaakov lavor es mavar yaboik uli hisakev shom. Yaakov Avinu wanted to cross. I forgot to bring my map with me. But if we, if we had the map with me, I would tell you like this. There, there's a river called Mavar Yaboik, which goes, uh, what's it called? It goes east-west. Travels east-west and it's off, it's, it's off of the Yarden. So it's like in in like in like modern day Jordan it goes you know the Yarden is like this, right? And then let, let, let's say the Yarden is like this, and Eretz Yisrael is over here. 
for, from my point of view. And then like, the, the Yaboy goes like this. So Yaakov is coming from like up here, from Aram, and he's gonna, he wants to go to Eretz Yisrael, which is like over here. So he crosses, he would have to cross this Mavar Yabok, and then again, somewhere along this line, cross the Yarden, and then go into Eretz Yisrael. So Yaakov wanted to cross the Mavar Yabok to get into what would be called Eber Yarden, to then cross the Yarden to go to Eretz Yisrael. So wrote Yaakov Lavar as Mavar Yabok, Yaakov wanted to cross Mavar Yabok and be delayed over there. What does it mean he wanted to go cross it and be delayed over there? Why would he want to be delayed? So Mufarshim said that that's not the proper gear. So the proper gear says, Vinis Akim Sham, he was delayed. Not that he wanted to be delayed, he was delayed. Who was he delayed by? He was delayed by the Malach. Malach. The Malach said to him, Didn't you tell me? Or actually, they, they, they said that this is also an improper gear, so because. Because the Hashem, Yaakov didn't say this to the Malach, Yaakov <laughs> said this to Hashem. So take out the word li. Didn't you say this? Yaakov, when he was by base L, in the story with the, with the ladder in the last parak, was it the last parak, two parak ago? I don't remember. He said, Everything that you give to me, I'm going to give you a tenth of it to you, to you, Hashem. Right? So you said you're going to give a tenth. And you're coming back, you go, you're on your way to Eretz and you have all these riches, you made a lot of money in the house of Lavan, and you have a whole big flock, and you're not give, you didn't give me anything. So, Yaakov, you know, you should give, you should give something to Hashem, you should give a tenth to Hashem. What did Yaakov do? And again, over here, there's also a problem with the Girsa, and the, we're going to go with the Girsa as it is in Yaakov Shemani, the Mar- the Marzu brings this here. So, what did Yaakov do? Miyad lokach kol meknehu. Immediately, Yaakov took all of his flock. Ve'isir mehen tov kufnun. And Yaakov took off from them, Meiser, a tenth of them, which is tov kufnun, 550. Mekanat from here you learn, shukol meknehu, hey alafim v'tov kuf. From here you learn that the entire flock of Yaakov consisted of 5,500 uh, animals, and a tenth of that was 550, that's what Yaakovina gave as Meister. What did he do with it? Pashas, what he did with it is that he gave it to, he gave it to Esau. And we're gonna, we're gonna see at the end of the parak what, what, like, what, why did he give the Meister to Esau? Like, where, where's, where's it coming from? What's he trying to do? You don't give Meister to Esau. Meister, you give, you, you, Meister, you give to a lady. Meiser, you you give to an, a poor man. Meiser, you eat in your shalim. Why, why is Yaakovina giving the animals to Esau? Okay, well, I'll keep that question in mind. So it's an interesting thing because it says that what he gave he gave gemalim, he gave camels, and he gave donkeys. But usually, you don't give meiser from those animals. But meiser behema is only on a kosher animal. So why is Yaakovina giving from the donkeys, from the camels? So the Marzu says that. Because he wanted to, he wanted to fulfill exactly what his nether was. His nether was Everything that you give me, I'm going to give you a tenth. So everything, from everything, you gave me camels, even though camels not a kosher animal, I'll give you a tenth of the camels. You gave me donkeys, I'll give you a tenth of the donkeys, even though it's not a kosher animal. I said kosher. Yeah, everything that you give me, kosher Then I'm going to give you a tenth from. Okay. Now this is the interesting part. The Malach said to Yaakov, 
Don't you have children? You have sons. And you never give a tenth of your sons. Hashem gave you sons. Everything Hashem gives me, I'm going to give a tenth. But the Malach says to him, but you have sons, and you didn't give a tenth of your sons to, to, to Hashem. So we're going to see that Yaakov is going to take a tenth of his sons and give it to Hashem. One tenth. One of his, one, one of his, one out of ten. But Islam is an interesting thing because there's no such, there's no such thing as Meister Adam. Right? You don't have to give a tenth of your sons. You only give a tenth of your animals. At that point, he had 11 sons. Uh, that, that, that's true. You'll have to hear how we're going to make the cheshbon exactly what he did. But Yeah. But uh, the, so the Ibn Ezra, actually, the Ibn Ezra in Parshat Vayetze, Pasuk Chavches, Perk Chavches, Pasuk Chavbez, he says that like, you know, this whole idea of giving a tenth of his sons, or whatever, it's only a Jewish, it's not like a real halacha, because like, we don't find that there's such a halacha of giving a tenth of your sons. But the truth is, if we say what, what I was saying earlier, that the idea is that he said, whatever I'm gonna, whatever, from everything you gave me, I'm going to give you a tenth. So even though there's no halacha, in general, that you have to give a tenth of your sons, but Yaakovina was giving it in order to fulfill his nether of cut. Okay, that sort of answers the Ibn Ezra's question. Okay, so the mouth tells Yaakovina, you have to give me a tenth of your sons. Me'asa Yaakov, what did Yaakovina do? Says the Medrash, Hifrish arba'a b'chayres l'arba'i ma'is v'nishtari shmoyna. Okay, this... Well, let's, let's start it off like this. Well, we're gonna we're gonna make a comparison to the halachas of Meiser Behema. This is, comes up in Masechus Bechayros exactly how Meiser Behema works. The way Meiser Behema works is that a person takes you, you you have ten animals, right? So you take your animals and you 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 pass them through the corral and you count one. The first one that goes through, you go one. The second one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The tenth one, you're supposed to take a stick, a, 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 a rod with, that has red paint on it, and you hit the animal with the stick with the red paint, and then you see the red, there's red paint on this animal, and that, that signifies that this is the tenth one, Asiri Kredish, Asiri Kredish, and the tenth one is Kredish, and that's the Meister Behema. Right? Fine. That's the halacha of Meister Behema. That's how Meister Behema works. Now, the, 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 the halacha is like this. There's another halacha called Bukhar. The halacha bukhar is that anyone that's a firstborn, any animal that's a firstborn to its mother is automatically kaddish. The Gemara says there's a, besides the fact that it's automatically kaddish, kaddish There's another halacha that you should add kedusha verbally by saying that this is kaddish. Fine, but the truth is that it's be'etzim. It's kaddish on its own already, right? So the halacha is. That a bukhar is not counted in the cheshbon, it's not counted in the calculation of the ten animals from Isa Behema. Because the bukhar is already kaidish. So you, when, when you, we're talking about the ten animals from Isa Behema, we're only talking about ten animals excluding the bukhars. That's why, that's why I counted the four. Uh-huh. Oh. Each one of the so, so this is what Yaakovin is going to do. If we have, we, we're trying to get to ten kids. We were trying to, get, to give off a tenth of Yaakovina's children. This is what Yaakovina does. First, you gotta get rid of the Bukharis. Because the Bukhar doesn't count for Meister. Just like a Bukhar doesn't count for Meister Behema. So for this, for this idea also, Bukhar is not gonna count. So Yaakovina took away Hifrish, our Bukharis, our body He separated the four firstborn sons 
according to the four mothers. Right? So, so let's exclude Ruvain, who's the firstborn of Leah. We're going to exclude God, who's the firstborn of Zilpah, uh, of, of Bilha. Right? Ash, uh, um, Don, who's the firstborn of. No. God is the firstborn of Zilpah. Asher is the firstborn of Bil. Don. Don is the firstborn of uh, Don is the for- firstborn of Bilha, and, and God is the firstborn yeah. of Zilpah, and Yosef is the firstborn of Rachel. So we're taking out those four. Yeah, Finishteru Shmoina. So what are we left with? Eight, right? Because Yaakov is altogether going to have twelve kids. Twelve minus four is eight, right? So Yaakov has eight kids. So now his So let's count the kids. From starting from Shimon, Begamar Binyamin Imoy, and he finished with Binyamin, who was in his mother's womb. He was already conceived, but not yet born. So he so he counts. And the Radal says like Shim, Menashe and Ephraim, they don't count because they're not even born. They're not even conceived yet, Bachal. But Binyamin he counts even though he's not born because he's already conceived. She was already conceived with with Binyamin. So let's count. We have, we're starting with Shimon, because we've gone, right? Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zvulun. Right? We'll skip God. So we do Asher, skip Don, do Naftali. And then we have Binyamin. Okay, eight. But we're supposed to get to ten, right? So what do we do now? So says the Medrash. So we'll start again. Okay, going back to the, back to number nine is going to be Shimon. And ten is going to be Levi. So Levi is the tenth one. For Allah Levi Meiser Kodesh Hashem, and Levi came out the tenth one, the holy to Hashem. How do I get to the? Sorry. Once again, it says the puzzle Hasiriya Kodesh Hashem. The tenth one is going to be Kodesh Hashem. Technically, there's only eight. There's only eight kids, right? Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisroch, Zvulun, Naphtali, Asher, and Binyamin. Those are the eight kids that are left, right? Yeah. Now, I think, I'm pretty sure, Halakha la when you talk about Maeser Bukhar, if you only have eight animals, you're putter from Maeser Bukhar. Maeser Behema. Right? If you only have eight, you're putter. But Yaakov is being machmer. He counts eight, and what does he do after he finishes counting eight? Oh, right. He starts over, he goes back to the beginning. He starts again, Shimon, Shimon, Levi. So yeah. Levi is ten. Yeah. That's where he got, that, so Levi is ten, so because of that, Levi had got a special Kedusha, Kedusha's Levi, Right? The Levi is going to be the one that, that, that's going to be Mishamish and the Kuhuno and, and, and the Levius and Besamikdash and do Avodah Hashem, etc. Right? Fine. So that's the first opinion of how Yaakovinu made a Cheshben and came out that Levi should be the Maestro that he's giving off. That's the first opinion. Rabbi Yishmoel argues and he says a different Pshat. No, he disagrees. A bachar, as long as it's under your domain, until I give it to the kain, it's considered you know mine, and I have responsibility for it, and it's going to be included in the cheshvan of meiser. So even though we said originally with the first pesha, we said take out the four bacharis, the bishul says no, keep the four bacharis still in the cheshvan. The Zayis Fana says, say, say, Ella, not Veloy. Ella, Isa, Yaakov, Lemafreya. Rather, Yaakov Vinu gave off the Maeser, Lemafreya. He counted it. How do we come to a Cheshven that will make Levi number 10? We're going to count backwards. And therefore, therefore Levi is going to be number 10. Right? We're counting everyone together. 
all, the sh- all, all 12 Shvatim, and Levi is going to be number 10. Because we have Binyamin, Yasef, um, Naftali, Don, Asher, God, Zvulun, Issachar, Yehuda, Levi. Right? All, we're counting all the Shvatim backwards from Binyamin. Levi is going to be number 10, right? Shimon would be 11, Reuven would be 12, right? So Levi was 10. He began with Binyamin, who was in his mother's womb. And the Radah says, maybe the Pshat, why we would begin, why begin with, 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 with Binyamin? Because if we're going to talk, if we, if we want to start, we want to start with the children of Rachel, because Rachel was the Iker. And Levi came out, the tenth one, the Holy Tashem. The tenth one, when, when the Apostle was talking about Maeser should be Kodesh, should be holy for Hashem. So that's the idea of Levi being Kredesh Lashem. So, yeah, so, so, so Rabbi Shmuel argues and he says that he, he gives a different judgment of exactly how we came out to the number of that Levi will be number 10. Okay, let's go a little bit weiter and then we'll speak about another Nukuda of the, the holiness of Levi, of the Kedusha of Levi. And then we'll hopefully we'll finish the prayer. Says Medrash, Yorad Michoel Hamalach. The angel Michal came down, Vinotalas Levi, and he he took Levi. He took the, the person Levi. And he brought Levi in front of Hashem. Omar Lafanov, he said to him, the master of the universe. This is your this is your lot, and this is the portion of your of, of, of your of your meister or of your deeds. Hashem stretched out his right hand. Which is an expression we had a few times in Pirkei the Blizzard. Kabiyachol, he stretched out his right hand, which we, we, in other places it seems to mean that he gave Hashem made a promise. Uberchay, and Hashem gave him a special bracha, a blessing. Hashem gave him a blessing that the children of Levi will serve in front of him in the land, just like the Malachi Asharis serve in front of Hashem in the Shemayim. Omar Michal, Lefnei Kaddish Baruch Hu, Michal said in front of Hashem, Rebbein Kol Ha'elami, Master of the Universes, HaMisharsim LaMelech, Enoi Neisim LaHem, Teref LaMizoyinam, the people who work for the king, the servants of the king, doesn't, shouldn't the king give them Teref LaMizoyinam, shouldn't the king give them some something to support themselves, sustenance to support themselves? Therefore, Hashem gave to the children of Levi any holy foods that came up for 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 Hashem. the burnt offerings for Hashem and its inheritance They, the Bnei Levi, the Kehanim, the Levim, they get to eat. It. They get to eat the meiser and the trumo and the kachim, etc. That 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 goes to Levi because Levi is kodesh. Like we said, the pasuk says, "Kol asher yavar tachas hashevet." Mi kol asher yavar tachas hashevet va'asiri yir kodesh Hashem. Of the, all the ones that come underneath the shevet, underneath the rod that the crane is hitting, that the person is hitting his different animal, his animals with, the tenth one is kodesh Hashem. The Radal says an interesting idea that we want to dash in like because like Hashavit is not just going on the stick, but the word Shavit has a dual meaning, it could also mean tribe. So the Shavit Hasiri Khadish Lashem. The tenth tribe is Khadish Lashem. That's why Levi is Khadish Lashem. 
It's interesting that Shevet and Mata both mean a stick and they both mean a tribe in, in, in the Chumash. Don't know exactly what the significance of that is. But, so that, this is one aspect of the Kedusha of Levi. The Kedusha of Levi comes from the fact that Yaakovinu felt the need to take off Miser and Yaakovinu felt the need to take off Miser of his children, so he gave Levi as that Miser of his children. Levi is the one of ten. And the, and the Medrash brings these like funny, sort of funny chashboynes, how we came out that Levi was the tenth one. Because Miser is supposed to be the tenth but there's another aspect, the idea of Levi, to the, to the Kedusha of Shevet Levi. And that aspect comes from the fact that Levi is the third one that's born, the third kid. The Kedusha of Levi comes from the fact that it's associated with the number three. And that, that's what I want to speak a little bit about, and it has to do a little bit with Shavuos, and bring out some ideas, and then we'll, we'll try to finish off the parak. The Medrash Tadshay, which is brought on Itzim Medrash on page 485, says, brings the Pasuk in, in the Parsha, I think it's either in this week's parsha or last week's parsha. It says, "Miben shleishim shana vamala." From thirty day, from thirty years old and on, that's when a levi starts working in the base of Mikdash. And shleishim, you could read the word shleishim as thirty, and you could read the word shleishim has to do with multiple threes, like shaloishim, threes, right? So the Medrash says. Three, because Levi has to do with the number three, and it brings different things. That uh, different Levi had three sons, etc. Right, Levi is kashur to the number three. And one of the kudos that the Medrash says is that Levi was shlishi lapetan. Levi is the third one from the stomach. Levi was the third child born to its mother. None of the other shvatim were the third child born to its mother, right? Because Bilal and Zilpa and Rachel only had two kids, so none of them had a third son. Leah was the only one who she had. She had six kids, right? So she was the only one who had she, because she had six. She was able to have not six. Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Huda, Yisachar, Yeah, six, six kids, right? So she was able to have a third, right? She she had a third. Levi was the third kid. Shlishi Lebet and Imai. So that, the Medrash seems to be saying, is has to do with the idea of why Levi specifically was chosen... As the Miser? Uh, it doesn't... It's, so that Medrash isn't talking about the Miser. But that, that Medrash is not talking about the, the Kedusha of, of Shevet Levi, because Levi is the third. Uh, I found a sefer called Medrash Ariel, from Yitzhak Arieli, from my, my Rebbe of Osher Arieli's grandfather. So he says, that, he says what you just said. I said, why did Yaakov choose Levi as the Miser? Because he was the third. Because he was the third, so when I had to take off a tenth, I chose Dafka him. And he says that we, we already see something special about Levi, because when you look at, the, at all the Shvatim that are, when they're born, in Parshas Vayetze, so who gives their names? If you look carefully, their mother gives their names, or either Rochel or Leah gives everyone's name, basically, in, 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 in Parshas Vayetze, except for... Um, Levi, where it says in Levi Kara, he called her, he called him. Yaakovina gave the name Levi to Levi. All the other Shvatim, it says, it, it says that the mother gave the name. So Levi already, we see that, so, so Medrash Ariel wants to say that the Peshat is because Yaakovina wanted to imbue in Levi special Koychas because he knew that he was going to be the Koychas or whatever because he was the third one born. So he himself gave him the name to give him those extra Koychas. 
instead of having it come from his mother. That's what Medrash Ariel says. And we see this idea of the, of the third one that's born as being a chosh of a thing in a few places in Chazal. One place is like this. It's a Gemara in Pesachim. Happens to be a fifth. Happens to be that this is a pretty famous Gemara. Gemara in Pesachim, Daf Samech Chesam in Beis. The Gemara says, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, B'yayma Da'atzarta. Rav Yosef on the day of Atzeris, meaning on Shavuos. Rav Yosef, B'yayma Da'atzarta, Omar, he would say on Shavuos, Avdili Igla Tilsa. Make for me an Igla Tilsa. Uh, some sort of calf that has to do with the number three. A third calf. Make for me a third calf. Why? Omar, Rav Yosef said, Ilav Hayumo, if it wasn't for this day of Shavuos, the Kagarim, Kama Yosef Ikabushuki, if it wasn't for this day of Shavuos, that we got the Torah on this day of Shavuos, Kama Yosef Ikabushuki. There's a lot of people named Yosef out in the marketplace. So what makes me special? The fact that what makes me special because I'm Rav, Rav Yosef. I'm, I'm special because I'm one of the G'day I'm a Talmud Chacham. So well, what, what gives us the, what gives the Chashivas? What's the day of the year that gives the Chashivas of Torah? Shavuos. So this is the day that makes it that I'm more Chashiv than everyone else. So because of that, I want to celebrate this day especially and have an Igla Tasa, a third calf. Right? That's, that, this is, it's a famous Gemara. Kama Yosef Yikam I remember when Rasul Finkels, that's all, Rashiva in the mirror, he used to say this Gemara a lot. <laughs> Whenever he would say it, he would, he would say, Rabbi would say, Kama Yosef Yikam Shuki, and then he'd say, There's a lot of Joes out on the street. There's a lot of people named Joe on the street. What makes Rav Yosef Chashuf? Because he was a Talmud Chacham, he had Shaykhus of the Torah, so he says that Shavuos was my holiday, so I want to eat something special, so make me a third calf. What's a third calf? Iglatlasa. What's a third calf? Rashi's about this. Rashi and Shabbos, Erevin, Tesis and Gitin. What's a Iglatlasa? A calf that was born as a third to its mother. I mean, there was a, you have a mother, a big a mommy cow, and the mommy cow gives birth to one calf, and gives birth to another calf, and the third calf that it gives born to, that's called the igla plaza, it's considered a hush of a calf, and, and that's what Rav Yosef wanted to eat specifically on Shavuos, because it was, it was a hush of a calf, because it was the third one born. Why is it chashav? I don't know. Maybe it tastes. Some, some, I think there's a pshat that like it tastes better. I don't, I don't know exactly what the point is, but the point is that the third one born is, is a hush of a thing. There's another Gemara about this. The Gemara says, that's another famous Gemara that has to do with Gemara says, Shabbos Taf Peches Dorish Hahu Gliloy. A certain Galilean darshaned Aleid Rav Chizda, about Rav Chizda. He said, Brich Rachmana, blessed is the merciful one, and blessed is Hashem. The Yoiv Orient Lisoi, who gave the three pronged Torah. Because Torah is Torah Nevim Ksuvim, so he gave the three pronged Torah, La'am Tlisoy, to the three pronged nation, because we have Kain Levi Yisrael, Al Yedei Tlisoy, through the third person, meaning through Moshe Rabbeinu, because Moshe Rabbeinu was the third person born to his mother, because he had Miriam, who was the oldest, and then it was Aaron, and then Moshe, Biyoyim Tlisoy, on the third day, Meaning, because they prepared for thir- three days before Matan Torah, in the third month, that 
so Hashem, is, so He's giving a special bracha that you know, blessed is Hashem who gave the Torah on the third day, the third, the third, the third day, the third month, the three parents, the three parnation through the person who is a third person. Why is Moshe Rabbeinu called a third person? Because he was a shlishi lepet and Imai Rashi says he was the third person born to his mother. So you see that there's a chashivus of being the third one born. There's another gear set in this Gemara and Shabbos. I didn't see it. I looked in the Torah. I couldn't find it in in, in, the, in any of the different gersos. But I found this in Mishnas Rabbi Eliezer, who was Rabbi Eliezer Trillinger, Talmud of Rabbi Rabbi Heshel. In Parshas Vayichi, he says there's another gersa in this Gemara where it says, "Al yedei through the third person umishifta d'tlisayah, and from the third shevet, which is a reference to Shevet Levi. And, and we also see this Nukun, that Levi himself was the third person born to his mother. So he was the third, the third one born, so there's a special Hashivas in the third. There's, also, there's, another, there's another Gemara sort of that's, that slightly touches on this. There's a Gemara by Zimri that the, the Midianite princess, Cosby, right, she went into B'nai Yisrael to try to be Mizana with a hush of a person. Right? So she went to Zimri. Uh, so Zimri came over to her and said, like, Yo, you should be Mizana with me. Right? So she said, no, I was given orders that I should only be Mizana with the king, with Moshe Rabbeinu. He was, Moshe was like a king. He was a king. So Zimri says to her, well, what do you mean? Moshe Rabbeinu, he's from Shevet Levi. They're the, they're the third Shevet. They're the, they're, they're, they were born third. I'm from Shevet Shimon. But we were born second. We're, I'm more Hashem than Moshe Rabbeinu. So I guess she accepted that and she was Mizana with, with Zimri. Right? That's the Gemara. So Sanhedrin, Tzadik Gimel Mibes. That, that's the Gemara, right? So what is he? Is he right that Shimon is more chashev because Shimon is two? No, he's not right because because three is more. Even though two is a, is a, is a, is a more chashev number because it comes before three, right? In the order one two three, right? You know that we said one two three, right? <laughs> but but three is more chashev because three is shlishi lebetanim. Three is a chashev thing. So so Shimon Levi is more chashev than Shimon Shimon. Okay, so now any, all of this sounds really weird, right? I'm just talking about how chashev and important the number three is, but like, what, like where does this come from, Bukhal? What, what's the importance of the number three? So there's a morale about this. The morale, it's called Drush Alatara. The morale wrote a country called Drush Alatara. It's printed in the old editions of Be'era Gaila. Not Mukhanishan, the old one. The old editions of Be'era Gaila. In the back, it's called Drush Alatara on page. 24, page 24, the Maral says like this. The Maral says that the Mila of the, he, he's talking about the Gemara and Shabbos, about Uri and Tlisa, the, the three-pronged Torah, etc. So he's saying, what's the Mila of being three? What's the advantage of the number three? So because three is always something that's yosher. The three is, is, is straight. And the three makes it something straight. I heard a whole shot once about, like, some sort of, um, what's it called? Some sort of, uh, um, What's it called? I forgot the word now. Why? How can I forget the word? Geometrical pshat in the yeah, the geometrical pshat in the maral that it has to do with like a tr- that a, a triangle. You need you need to have three lines. So so somehow the number th- the, the the number three is like is is, is like a balance because they have like two lines and a third one. The hypotenuse is like about, I don't know exactly what that shot means, but it could be some sort of thing, the same idea that we're going to say over here, that I heard from my Rabbi, Rabbi Leo Margolis Shlita. He says like this, that the idea of the number three is that when you go in the order of the spheres, right? We have spheres to Aymer, we know 
It used to be that, that you know, the, Kabbalos, the Kabbalistic aspect of Sphere Sa'imer that it had to do with like, the, 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 the seven out of the ten spheres that wasn't known to like, everybody in the world. That was just like something kept secret by the Mukabal. Now it's printed in all the stir, the sitter, every sitter has this, everyone knows all, all, all these different things about Kabbal. So it says, Chesed Gvorot Tiferes, right? One, two, three, Chesed Gvorot Tiferes. Right. So we've spoken many times already about what these different ideas are. Chesed is the idea of, of, of when you focus on the giving, and Gvura is when you focus on the receiver, which can some focus on the receiver, sometimes it results in being mitzamtzim and not giving. Right? Chesed, Gvura. And then Tiferes is sort of that balance of Chesed and Gvura. That's we, we, we speak about this in a lot of different ways. Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, Avram is Chesed, Yitzchak is Gvura, Yaakov is Tiferes. Hey, Yaakovin is, is that balance. The, we, the, there's another Titan Emes Leyakov Chesed Lavram, right? Avram is Chesed and Yaakovin is Emes. Emes and Tiferes is more or less the same idea because Emes is the balance. Emes is the middle, right? Emes is, they, they, they say that Emes is the first letter of the Aleph phase, the last letter of the Aleph phase, and the middle letter. It's, it's everything together and it's, it's all one cohesive unit. Emes is everything together. So that's what the idea of Tiferes is as well. Tiferes is it's, it's, it's chesed and gvura balanced in a proper balance and it's, it's mamish emestik. So when we want to talk about Hashem, so we say that Hashem sometimes does chesed, sometimes does gvura, and then we also say that that mizug, that mixture of chesed and gvura is what we call Tiferes. Right? So the most similar to Hashem is going to be Tiferes. Because Tiferes, it, it, it brings out both aspects of Hashem. And it's the most, if, if we could say that something is similar to Hashem, I don't know if we could say that, but we would have to say that Tiferes is the most similar media that we, ha- we can have to, to being closer to Hashem, to being similar to Hashem. So then it makes a lot of sense now. Because Levi is number three. Le- Levi represents Tiferes. And which is going to be the one that's Kodesh la Hashem, the one that's going to be serving Hashem? It's going to be Tiferes, the one that's most similar to, that, to, to the way Hashem is Noyeg in the world. Tiferes. And then, uh, that's, I mean, this was actually, this was my addition that I just, I took what the Maral says over there in that Gemara and then just like brought it into explaining why the the Hashibas of Levi is that Levi is the third. And then I was thinking afterwards, you know, we, we can actually see, I can actually prove to you that Levi is, has to do with Tiferes in his role as the third. I don't prove to you, but I can, I can bring you a, a, a pretty strong raya. If you look in... Um, if you look in Parshish Vizay Sabracha, so you'll see that Moshe Rabbeinu did not give a bracha to Reuven and Shimon. Why didn't he give bracha to Reuven and Shimon? Well, Reuven and Shimon were, so to speak, nichshal in certain nukudas, whatever it means that they were nichshal in Avera or whatever, I don't know exactly to, in, in what sort of bechina they were nichshal and, and how we can relate to exactly what they were nichshal in, but whatever they were nichshal in, they were nichshal in certain things, and that's why Yaakov and Moshe didn't want to give them brachas. Now, what, what were they nichshal in? So Reuven, we know Reuven nichshal in what he did with Bilhah, right? Whatever he did with Billah, whatever exactly happened over there, I don't, we don't know exactly what, what it means. Because I'll tell us that he moved the bed, and somehow, for the, whatever reason, the Torah calls it that he slept with Billah. Right? The Torah calls the Avera that Reuven did some aspect of an, an Avera of Arias. And we've spoken already many times that the idea of Chesed is you know, giving, giving Hashpah to somebody in a correct way. And the idea of Arias is giving Hashpah in the wrong way. 
So Arias is sort of misplaced or misfocused chesed. Right? Chesed, who we said that by marrying your sister is called a chesed. Arias is misplaced chesed. So Reuven is chesed. It just it happens to be that he sort of messed up on his chesed. He, he, he sort of messed up the chesed. Right? Shimon, what was, the, what was the problem with Shimon? The problem with Shimon is that Shimon was very murderous, overly mur- murderous, and we'll speak about this in the next parak, parak Lama Ches, about the story of Shechem. Shimon was the major player in the story of Shechem, and he went and got, he, he killed it all out. He killed out Shechem. Right? In un, what's killing? Killing, is said, is, is an unbalanced, an unbalanced um, gvura, because gvura is taking away, and when you kill a person, you're taking away his neshama. That's the ultimate taking away that you can do from a person. It's killing him. The gvura. So Shimon was a misplaced gvura. So Reuven was chesed. Shimon is gvura. So obviously, Levi's going to be Tiferes. That's, that's the idea of uh, number three. Okay, I think that was like a little bit too Kabbalistic, but I'll try to finish the paragraph. Let's go weiter. Kishavar Yaakov lovoi Eretz Kedan. When Yaakov Avinu crossed the Nahar Yabaik, to go into Eretz Canaan, Bo Elov Esav. Esav came to him. Wait, did I skip something? No. Esav came to him, Mehar Seir, Bizaaf, Af, Vizamam, Laharbe. Esav came to him with being very angrily, and he had, he had a plan that he was going to go and kill Yaakov Avinu. Shnemer says in the Pulsar, Zaymim Rosha Latzadik, Vicharek Alev Shinov. The Zaymim Rosha Latzadik, the Rosha has an evil plot. Against the tzaddik, v'chayrek alav shinov, and he's gnashing his teeth. He's like getting ready to like go and do bite him, like do something against him. What do you mean bite him? Oh my Esav, Esav said, "Any hurry against Yaakov, ochi bechitzim uvekeshes." I'm not going to kill my brother Yaakov bechitzim uvekeshes with a bow and arrow. How am I going to kill him? Ella befi ani harvei. Rather, I'm going to kill my brother Yaakov you know, with my mouth. Umaitzitz is domai, and I'm going to suck out his blood. Who was the first vampire? Esau. Shedevar, <laughs> it says in the Pasuk, Vayorat Esau, the crossway, Esau ran to greet him, Vayichabkehu, Vayipol atavarov, Vashokehu, Vayivku. Esau ran to greet him, and he hugged him, and he fell on his neck, and he kissed him, and he, and he cried. Aldihi kari Vayishokehu, don't read the Pasuk, Vayishokehu, and he kissed him, Ela Vayishokehu, rather, Vayishokehu, and he bit him. And when, Yaakov, when Esau tried to bite Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu's neck turned into like a, 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 a what's it called, the bone of a teeth. It came, it turned into like ivory. It was very hard. And then and Yaakov Avinu, and Esau wasn't able to bite him. Your neck is like a tower, of, an ivory tower. Right? That's a positive shir And Esau's teeth got knocked out because he tried to bite something that was too hard for him to bite. When he saw that he wasn't able to fulfill his taiva, his desire to kill Yaakov, you know, so he got very angry and he started like gnashing in his teeth and like you know, holding in his anger. So the Pasuk Rosh Agira, the Chos, Shinov Yacharek Vinovas. Rosh saw and he got angry. Shinov Yacharek, he gnashes his teeth and they sort of dissolved away because now he doesn't really have any because his teeth fell out or something like that. So how's he gnashing his teeth? Did they fell out? Yeah, I don't know. They, maybe they, they fell out after. I'm not sure. They got weakened. I'm not. He stayed inside. He stayed inside. I don't know. What's the Jerusha over here? It says, Don't say, Vayishakehu el Vayishakehu. 
So the Bais HaGadol says, because if you look in the Sefer Terem, on the word Vayishokehu, there's a bunch of dots. So somehow that's coming to tell us that it means that he bit him. I'm not sure exactly how that's coming to tell us that, but that's yeah. the Bais HaGadol well, says. Uh, uh, we, uh, I mean, Rashi gives two shots. One is uh, that in that moment he, he did it with the belief of Shalom and Shiku. Right. And another one is that he talked to him about it. Right. But what is that? Where do you learn from the dots on the word Vaisha Kehu? That each letter has a dot on top of it. Where do you learn from that? That it means they tried to bite him. That I don't understand. This is an interesting. Rabbi Izmir has a shot over here that he wants to say that the Ace of wanted to kill Yaakov Avinu through shame of Tumah. He wanted when it says that he wanted to kill Yaakov Avinu with his mouth, it means he wanted to kill him with a shame of Tumah. And Rufchaim Falachi brings down this shtickle from Rabbi Yomi. Yisrael says, I don't understand what you're talking about. That's not what the Medrash says. The Medrash says he wanted to bite him. It says he wanted to bite him. It's like at his teeth. And it says, where, where did you see it in the Medrash over here that it says that he wanted to use a Shem I don't know what the Pshat is. I'm not sure what he was thinking either. Yaakov Avinu took a tenth of his possessions that he brought with him from Padan Aram and he sent it to his servants and he gave it to Esau he said to them go tell Esau so said your servant Yaakov famous words I lived with Lavan and I've been delayed until now now Hashem is going to criticize him. Yaakov, Yaakov, you made the holy thing profaned. What does that mean? Because you called yourself an Eved of Esau. You're supposed to be holy. You're supposed to be above Esau. And you're making your the holy thing yourself profaned. And you're saying that you're the servant of Esau. No, I'm sorry. I, I skipped a step. I'm, scratch what I said. You made the holy thing profane. You were supposed to take off Miser. You were supposed to take off Miser of your animals and give it to me, to Hashem. And instead, you're giving it to Esau. You're making it profane. Omer the fun of. So Yaakov is sat in front of Hashem. He said, Rebbein Kalei Love, Master of the Universes. I'm flattering the wicked man so that he won't kill me. Meaning, Hashem. I'm supposed, yes, you're right. I'm supposed to take this miser and give it to Hashem. But instead, I have a, I'm doing something else. I'm right now in a, a situation of Sakana Safashus. Esau wants to go and kill me. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to give my miser to Esau. Why am I giving my miser to Esau? Not because I want to desecrate the holy miser by giving it to the Rasha Esau. I'm trying to flatter him. I'm trying to suck up to him. I'm trying to show Esau that, you know. Forget about forget forget about forget about the bukhar forget about the bukhar that I bought from you. Forget about the brachas. Really, I'm acknowledging you're you're really you're really the bukhar. Really, really, of you're the bukhar. Look, I'm giving you meiser. I'm giving you my you're you're kain. I'm giving you meiser. You're the levi. You're the kain. I'm giving you meiser. Forget, forget about the bukhar. Forget about those things. Forget. From here, the rabbis say that you're allowed to flatter a rasha in this world because in order to make peace. Right? If he's trying to kill you, you're allowed to say things that you, that, that you don't necessarily mean, or whatever, just so that you know he'll feel good about himself and he won't try to do something against you. My brother, I have a lot. You don't have to. You don't have to give it to me. 
We should call it covered Yaakov Leisov because Yaakov is give covered to Esav. Fikach Cholk Bnei Yaakov covered Levnei Esav Bilshen Rav. Therefore, Bnei Yaakov gave covered to Bnei Esav with the same lashon of Rav. Right? Esav said Yeshli Rav. So when we talk about Esav, we're going to say also Yeshli. We're going to also use the lashon of Rav. Shenemah, it says in the Pasuk, in Parshas Devarim, when Hashem said, okay, I had enough of you circling around Harseir, now it's time for you to like, get ready to go to Israel. So he said, Rav lachem seves aharazah. Rav, it's enough to you that you were circling around this mountain. This is what I was talking about before. It's not enough that you made yourself, your holy self, you made your holy self desecrated. That's what I was referring to before. Because you called yourself an Eved of Esau, you're supposed to be an Eved of Hashem. Right? It's more than that. It's more than you make, you made yourself an Eved, to, called yourself an Eved to Esau. I said, meaning Hashem gave a to to, uh, to Rivka, Al Yidei Shemin Ever. He said to them, right? The older one is going gonna, is gonna to serve the younger one. And you, you said that you're the ser- you're the servant. You weren't supposed to be the servant. You were supposed to be the, the one that he's serving you. And you, you switched it. So I swear, Hashem says, I swear that the way you said it, that's how it's going to be. He, Esau, will rule over you in this world. And you're only going to rule with him in the world to come. Therefore, he said to Yaakov, Therefore, Yaakov Avinu said to him, "Yavrona, do you need if ne avdei vani es nala liiti?" Yaakov, Yaakov, Esav said, "No, let's come together and we'll go to Harseir." And Yaakov Avinu says, "No, no, 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 you go yourself. Yavrona, do you need if ne avdei? You go and pass in front of me. Vani es nala liiti. I'm going to lead my flock slowly, and eventually I'll come up to her. I'll catch up to you." From here you learn. So in the future, Yaakov is going to come up and sort of in the Eil Abba when Mashiach comes. But and at this point in the time in the world, in the Eil Esav is going to rule over us. From here you learn. And this I think the third time we had this line in Pekudibliezer. That the children of Esav are not going to fall until the remnant of Yaakov comes. It's going to cut off the feet of the children of Esav from Harseir. The star is going to come down. From, this is talking about the Nevoah of Bilam. When it's talking about Achra Sayyamim. So it says, There's going to be a star that's going to come out from Yaakov. We're just talking about Mashiach. Vyerd me Yaakov, and it's going to come down from Yaakov, and a different puzzle says, Vloya Sorid Livnei Esav Kashem Tiber. There's not going to be a Sorid, there's not going to be a remnant for, to the house of Esav because that's what Hashem has spoken. So the, in the future, Esav is going to fall to Yaakov, but in, the current, in contemporary times, um, Yaakov you know, is, still, is going to be uh, subservient to Esav. There was one Nukuda that I forgot to mention earlier in the beginning. When I said that, uh, we spoke about Lavan and, and Esav, we said that Lavan is like an Aryeh because because Lavan has Baishish Panim, he could be embarrassed, and Esav doesn't have Baishish Panim, he can't be embarrassed. So we said two, we said that from Abliyami Izmir, and he says two Pshat. The first Pshat we said was that Esav wanted to kill even Yaakovinu's family, even though he never he didn't know them, which we, we, which Rabbi Yehuda said is the ultimate chutzpah. So that means he doesn't have Baishish Panim. Mashenkin Lavan, he just wanted to kill Yaakovinu. 
Fine. And the second Pshat of Leo Meizmir says like this. It says that. It says that. Esav make he's not embarrassed to say why he wants to kill Yaakov Avinu. Why do I want to kill Yaakov Avinu? What he stole, he stole a he stole a bracha from me, he stole a bechira from me, etc. That's why I want to go kill him. Now, by admitting why he wants to kill Yaakov Avinu, he's basically saying to everybody that Yaakov Avinu had successfully tricked me twice, and they both. And they both had to do with food. I remember, I remember Nakuda. They both had to do. I can't see. I can't find it over here. But he says something like they both had to do with food because the bechira was that that he sold the bechira for food, and the bracha is that Yaakovinu brought the food to to Yitzchak first, so he got the bracha first. Right? So Esav was is by by saying why he wants to kill Yaakovinu, he's showing that he's not embarrassed to show that like he got tricked twice. So that's what it means that he doesn't have embarrassment. I don't remember exactly what this Nukuda was about the food. And there's another shtika also that I didn't mention from a Baliomi Israel about why why because Levi is the third one born, is is, is Levi gonna be the, the holy one? He says like Pshat that because there's three partners in a person, Hashem, the mother and the father. So he says that each one each shutter is supposed to get a kid. If you have three kids, so each one gets a kid. Right? So he says that really Hashem should get the firstborn. But but in the case of, of Yaakov Avinu, for some reason he said Yaakov Yaakov said about Reuven Reuven b'chayri ata. So because he says the idea is that in general he, he not, we're not going to speak about Yaakov Avinu specifically. But he says in general the the firstborn son the the machshavas in his conception weren't completely holy because the machshavas of Bachrus. So he says that so the first one we don't want to give to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, we'll give it to the father. And once we give the first one to the father, we have to give the second one to the mother. So the third one is going to be the one that goes to Hashem. More or less, he says, something like this. We have to see it inside to, to do it justice. Okay, have a good Shabbos and a good Yantav. And thank you for coming. And thank you for staying. And uh, we'll reconvene at a different time.